Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me as we continue walking the path that leads through the strange paradiso. So um, I just want to start off with a little bit of a rant, I guess you might call it, before I get into my um, what I was going to discuss. So earlier today, I was talking to someone and I said, when did everything have to become so fearful? Like, I said, do you realize when rain became something to fear? When, I mean, it's getting now to the point of ridiculousness, okay? And I said, they used words, okay? And not only is it the words that they are using to get their whatever message across, but it's also the way that they speak and the way they project their voices at us. Now, I'm talking about any newscast that you will watch. You will notice that they either start talking like this, oh, rain and flooding coming to Southern California, a parade of storms coming through Southern California. So you have to do this or that. And there may be power outages. Either they project their voice like they're speaking over a crowd or they speak quickly to make it sound like they really just have to get this news out there right now because it's that important. So... I said, you know, all of this stuff is geared towards getting into your brain and making you fearful. I said, because if you'll notice when this all really started, okay, was in 2020. That's when it really started. And now, because They cannot let the fear die down. If they do, they lose their control or the narrative or whatever it is that is driving them, that's pushing this. And I went on to say, okay, well, just watch after all this rain and stuff that we have. So in the springtime, okay, when things start blooming and everything because of all the rain, then they're going to say, oh, and because of all of the rain in winter, now everything's blooming and we have an unseasonably high pollen count. So all of you with any upper respiratory issues or asthma and blah, 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 well, you're going to have to stay inside or maybe you should just wear a mask to keep the pollen from getting down into your lungs or whatever the heck. See, it's a constant barrage of fear is what I'm trying to say. And then it's going to go further, okay? I'm already looking down the road to this. Then it'll go further. Oh, and now because of all the rain in the winter and then all everything that bloomed in the spring and now it's summer and everything's drying up, it's going to cause fire. Now we're going to have firestorms. Oh, it's just a never ending. See, it's all fear based. It's a never ending assault on the population to keep them scared of something 
We used to have massive rainstorms in many places that I lived when I was a kid. And there was never any, any dramatization about it. So now, because once again, and we've, we've spoken about fear many times and how it creates its own energy and it's an energy of negativity. And many people, because they listen to this and they take it to heart, they become fearful. Therefore, putting that energy out there to combine with other people who are fearful's energy. And so it creates something that's much bigger and it keeps this going. And uh, the other thing is whatever is driving this, I mean, at the very core, okay, whatever is driving this, whatever the reason is, this whatever, it, it feeds off of the negative energy. I mean, I just can't believe it. I'm like, okay. A parade of storms. So I guess I'm supposed to be scared. I'm scared of the rain. I'm scared of the water. I don't know, guys. But I mean, maybe the way I'm presenting it sounds kind of funny. And I, I guess it's kind of meant to because we have to have some levity in our lives, okay? But it's true. I mean, just... Notice these things as you go on. It's one thing after another. Oh, power outages. Oh, flooding in the streets. Maybe the tree is going to uproot because the ground is so soft and it's going to tip over. And on and on. So, I mean, these kind of things, I'm going to tell you, have been happening for many, many years we have seasons where we get a lot of rain. Some years we don't get anything. So when we don't get any rain here, like those winters, I, I believe last winter we got like a couple trickles of rain. Well, then they have a, uh, a thing for that also. Then they start trying to scare people with the drought and we're running out of water. And there's not going to be enough water and you're going to have to like only do your laundry one day a week. You're going to have to take a minute and a half showers and you can't do this and you can't do that. And then it shows the same picture that they've been showing for the last, I don't know how many years of like a, a desert, okay, ground in the desert, all cracked and stuff like that. I mean, I've been seeing that same picture for years. So I just wanted to say this and share this with you because when I'm hearing this stuff and I'm realizing exactly what's happening here, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's next? And I mean, I can go back, okay? Like there was a big deal about coffee so many years ago. I don't know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Oh, coffee's bad for you. Coffee this. People who drink coffee, this and that happens to you, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple of months later, it was, 
oh, coffee is a functional food and this and that and it helps people from getting the gold blutes. I, I don't know. So everything in moderation, including these um, script readers on TV. Because there, I'm going to tell you something else. There's no one out there, as far as the people who are presenting this urgent news to you, they're not out there in the field investigating or doing anything like this. They are simply given a script and they sit at their desk and they read it. That's what they do. The old, old uh, days of investigative reporting and all of this stuff, well, that doesn't exist anymore. So once again, we cannot let this ridiculous stuff permeate into our minds and actually create any type of fear. We just can't let that happen. It's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, okay. Fear the water, fear the drought, fear the summer, fear the spring, fear the fall, because once again, you know, that's allergy season. So time for that, all that shit to stop. And that's another one of the reasons that I just don't watch TV. Because I see things like this. I hear things like this. I always say, you know, they're just trying to scare everyone. And a lot of it is geared towards older people. You know, they think that, oh, there's going to be a bomb cyclone. We got to get over to the market and get our two gallons of whiskey before the streets flood and all this stuff. And come on. You know. And the reason I say that, guys, is because um, when I'm at the market and people are in front of me at the checkout and they're buying these big old gallons of uh, hard alcohol, whiskey, bourbon, all this stuff, it's always like these older people. And my grandparents, okay, they do the same thing. My grandfather goes to the store and buys like those big jugs of whatever whiskey is on sale, all right? He buys like a uh, big box of beer of whatever's on sale. He doesn't care what it is. You know, he doesn't care if he's drinking like Bud or Coors or, no, he don't care. Whatever is the cheapest beer, he gets a big box of it. So it's like, what are you people doing? You know, it's like, just like drinking all day is, is every day a party? What? So it's like, I'm not bashing them, but it's just something that I notice even within my own family, you know, my grandparents, it's like, okay, I guess when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be at the market doing the same dark thing. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys and, uh, Get that out of the way. All right. So this first thing that I want to share, now getting back on our path, okay? So we had to just stop. We had to veer off the path a little bit, stop, and have a little bit of chat. So now we're, we're walking, all right? So um, this is reported to have happened maybe sometime in the 80s. So this guy, 
This was not in California. This was in another state. And he used to go fishing all the time. As a matter of fact, he even used to cut school to go fishing. Now, where he was raised when he was growing up, there were quite a few lakes in the area. So he had options. And that's what he loved to do. And sometimes he'd go fishing, and then he'd tie his fish there in the water, and then he'd go on to school. And then when he was coming back home from school, he'd stop, and then he'd get his fish, and then go on home to act like he had just been in school all the live long day and stopped to fish after school, okay? Because he was just like addicted to fishing. And he would be out there by himself. So on this one particular day, he was out there and he said it wasn't a school day. It was like one of those um, holidays. He doesn't know when it was, but he wasn't cutting school. It was not a school day, but it wasn't a weekend. And anyway, so he says he's out there and he's fishing off the bank. And he heard a strange noise coming like from the other side of the lake. And he said, it sounded like a dog. And he thought, well, you know, I'm at the lake. There are probably other people here, I would imagine. And then he saw the dog. And so it didn't phase him. He noticed it and he noticed he didn't see any people. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't anyone else there. So a couple of minutes later, he hears the dog Yipe. And he's thinking, for some reason, I'm uncomfortable right now. He said that thought crossed his mind. So he started reeling his whatever in, okay, because he's going to pack it up and he was going to get out of there. And he said he heard a sound. And what it looked like to him. Now, he was on the other side of the lake from this thing that he saw. And he said, it looked like this thing walked out of the brush and it was over seven feet tall. I mean, he could tell it was really tall from the other side of the lake. And he said the lake at that point wasn't very wide, maybe 100 yards or so. He said, you know, it's not like it was miles and miles away. So he saw this thing. And he said it walked all the way out onto the bank on the other side of the lake. He said it was humanoid. It walked, you know, it was bipedal, walked on two legs, had two arms, it was covered with hair. He noticed that the chest area had less hair than the rest of the body because the chest area was kind of shiny. So it had a little sparse, you know, sparse hair there on the chest area. And he said whatever this thing was, was male because everything was hanging out there, okay? His genitalia was exposed. And he said he packed up his stuff 
And the thing just stood there looking at him. Didn't move. Just looked at him. And it started making a sound. He said it started making some kind of sound that he cannot replicate, but it was some kind of clacking noise, like with his tongue, like a... But it was loud. He said the clacking that it was making was so loud, like he could hear it from the other side of the lake perfectly. So we just started packing up his stuff, and then he left. Well, on the way... He stopped at the ranger station and said, there is something that looks like a wild man roaming around this area. Do you guys know that? And they just looked at him like he was nuts. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, kid. You know, we get reports of that all the time. It's okay. And they just kind of laughed. So he just went on home. And he said, he remembers smelling this smell. It wasn't like uh, when people talk about Bigfoot. He said they always describe this type of smell. He said, the smell that I encountered was not what people have described. He said, the smell that he encountered was like a type of urine smell that must have been pretty strong to come from one side of the lake to the other where he was. And then he also said he doesn't know if this would be like a Bigfoot encounter. He's like, I really don't know what this thing was. And the way it just stood there, looking at him from across the lake, he said it was rather menacing. But it never started to approach. It never acted like it was going to approach. It never seemed to become agitated or aggressive. But it didn't have to. He said, because I just was feeling uncomfortable before I even saw this thing. So he never found out what that really was. No one else ever, as far as he knows, no one came forward and uh, spoke about any type of sighting or encounter with anything like that there in that area. He said, I was like 14 years old. I know what I saw. And he didn't go back there alone again. He said for a minute, he was going to go and uh, tell his parents and maybe see if they could report it to the police. But then he thought the better of it because of the way that the rangers acted towards him. So he just decided that he was just not going to say anything to anyone. So what this was, I guess it's up for interpretation. It's up to um, whoever hears this from whatever small description is in there of this entity. You know, you have to come to your own conclusions. The thing that I 
find a little bit unusual about it is that this creature, whatever it was, was already out there in full view before it started making noise. It's not like it started making noise first, like to get his attention. It was already there. And then it started making some kind of clacking noise. So maybe, okay, just maybe, whatever this was, that was some form of an attempt at a communication. Because he says that never seemed to be aggressive or anything like that. Not that I would have been like, oh yeah, let me go see what he wants. But um, maybe. So that's the, I mean, I, I don't even know what I would say about this. It, I guess in a way it kind of sounds like a Sasquatch just from the, the visual. But the rest of it is a little, um, a little confusing. I, I don't know really what, what he encountered. But whatever it was, was enough to deter him from going and hanging out by himself and fishing and all that stuff. After that, he said, nope, I didn't go fishing by myself anymore. I didn't sneak off and go fishing anymore because he didn't want to see that again. While it didn't uh, seem to like want to come after him, he still was freaked out, very uncomfortable. And then the smell, okay? So he describes some sort of urine smell. That would have been like marking its territory, I would think. And this guy, being that he was from like a farm area when he was growing up, I'm sure he knew quite a few of the different smells from animals being in that type of community. So he knew what he was talking about. Somebody like me, I wouldn't know what to say about it. I probably would have just said there was a funky odor coming from that direction, but I don't know what it was. See, but he knew. So to me, that's just what it sounds like. Perhaps this thing was marking its territory, kind of like a warning. Like, okay, you see me here. And I've marked my territory. It's time for you to go and not come back. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a strange, it's a strange thing no matter what. When you see something like that, sometimes the, when we're talking about it, it doesn't seem like it's uh, anything much. But when you put yourself in that place, being confronted with something that I mean, it's not a person. It's something that you have never seen before. Something that probably shouldn't be out here. You know, like one of those things, wow, I, I know what I'm seeing, but I, I can't believe it. That changes the dynamics of things, you know. When, the, when we are confronted with something as an individual, that changes everything. Okay, so anyways, um, the next one is, okay, let's see. Okay, so 
This woman, she works in a place where it's really close to like the riverbed or the flood control, whatever you want to call it. The back of the building where she works faces a flood control. She says it's like five steps away to the fence, the chain link fence, and then the flood control is right down there. So she was coming coming out of her work. And it was evening, but it wasn't dark. You know, the sun's starting to set. And she said she's walking to her car. And there is this creature. She said it walked on two legs. But there was something about it. It had like, looked like appendages, like, okay, two arms, two legs. It was, whatever it was wearing was very dark. Like it was wearing black clothing, flowing. She said they were flowing, whatever his, his garments were on this creature. But she could see the feet. But something about it, she said, was almost bird-like. Something about this entity. And it was down there at the flood control. And so she's walking to her car and she's looking. And then it stops. She said when it stopped, it came walking like towards her. But the flood control is down, you know, you're up above it a little bit. And so it came up to the part where it's now sloping at an upward angle, like you would have a hard time crawling out of that flood control if you wanted to get to the top type of angle. So it's down there. And she said, it started making this strange sound until she realized that the sound she was hearing was this thing like grinding its teeth. Okay, I got goosebumps right now. She says it, because first she was like, what is that? Till she realized, yes, this thing was grinding its teeth and that's what she could hear. And then she saw the jaw. Okay, of this thing moving sideways, the sound of teeth grinding. And she said it became louder and louder. And she was just like, fuck, what in the hell is this? And those were her words. So she hurries up, she gets to her car as quick as she can. Of course, she drops her keys, okay? So she's like in a panic, trying to get her keys, open the car door. Now she's afraid that this thing can just easily come climbing up the flood control wall to get to her. She gets in her car, and she said this thing came jetting up out of that flood control. It just like, like it was a rocket. And she was screamed. 
Then she looked through her as, as best she could. She looked through her windshield, you know, trying to look up to see where this thing went. She said, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of movies and I was afraid that this thing was going to come crashing down on the top of my car. So she is like in a panic and she's trying to start her car just to get the heck out of there, which she did. Nothing ever happened. It's not like the thing. No, didn't come and jump down in front of her car or on top of her car or anything like that. I mean, that was the whole encounter. But once again, just what in the heck was that? And this is in an area where it's, um, it's highly populated. Right across the street from where she works, okay, not on the flood control side, but on the other side, like her, the front door of her place of work, right across the street, there are apartments. And the other side, past the flood control, are shops and restaurants, and there are people out there all the time. It's a crowded place. It's a tourist it's a touristy uh, area. So it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, I don't know what this thing was, guys. But I do know that this is not the first time someone has seen something there in that area almost in the very same spot. I don't know what this thing is. I mean, there are people, you know, there are all different kinds of theories about these things. And uh, one of them is because of uh, when they had to get rid of certain things to make this touristy attraction and to build the apartments there and build the houses also in that same area that uh, they did have to like unearth some graves and so on. Okay, but this just doesn't sound like a spirit that you would think of because some graves were um, moved or just built on top of or something like that. This is something completely different. And once again, this is not the first time that I've heard something very similar in that same location, in that same flood control. So there, um, I was at one time uh, talking to a historian. Actually, he was giving like a um, little bit of a history lesson and talking about the area and so on. And he started uh, talking about how they had to move certain things, relocate certain things when they started building up, you know, all for progress, you know. 
And he said that they moved some of the um, graves to the public cemetery. Well, we went to the public cemetery where they supposedly moved the graves, okay? And I want to say that the oldest grave that we saw at the public cemetery was probably from the 19... I'm going to say the 1960s. There was nothing older than that. And I know for a fact that a lot of the area around there was being built up way before the 1960s. I'm talking like early 1900s. So we went looking, and there's only one public cemetery in that city. But here's what I did notice at the public cemetery. There... And I've never seen so many graves, okay, of adolescents. I want to say that um, the cemetery is not really, I mean, it's not itty-bitty, but it's not huge either. So for every maybe 50 graves, there were like... Three, three of them were of people who were like um, teenagers when they passed. In their like 16, 15, stuff like that. That was pretty startling. When I saw that, it's almost like, what's going on here? There's some kind of... Uh, trend here. I don't know what you would call it. But I do also recall back in the 1990s, someone that I know very well told me that in their high school yearbook, I think it was their senior high school yearbook, that there was a uh, one or two pages of people from their school, okay, only one school. This wasn't from a combination of schools. This is from one school who had committed suicide. So I was starting to wonder if maybe some of those graves that I saw were maybe some of the people who had committed suicide in those years. Because these people were supposed to have been graduating. This was just like a class of people who should have been graduating in that year who did not make it because they committed suicide. Two pages, guys. I mean... Um, if not more, okay? That's a lot for one school. So I just wonder what 
in the world was going on, what was happening. To cause this, this is not normal type of um, behavior. And this was in the 90s. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to contact that person and see if maybe they know anything or if anything was ever said when this was happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look into that and find out. Okay. Now, this next one is from someone who was in a place that's very close to where I live. Like, really, really close. Could I walk there? Yes, I could walk there. So, this person reports that they were out there. It was at night. It was dark. Walking their dog, they were around the area of this lake. Now, this is a, it's a lake, you know, it's a body of water. It's not like you can go fishing in it or anything. It's like one of those lakes that are in certain neighborhoods, okay? So, it's like a man-made type of body of water out there. They're walking their dog, and then they came upon this thing, now, once again, we've got this thing just standing there. At first, this person reports, they thought that it was like a statue of maybe, you know, the park founder or the founder of the city or whatever, because it was just standing there until they noticed that parts of this thing's face were glowing, such as the eyes, the nose, and the mouth were glowing, like this yellowish color. Now, I, I have never heard about the nose glowing. I mean, the eyes are usually, yeah, we've heard about that, but this, the nose I've only heard a couple of times about the mouth, but I'm, I, I've never, or I don't recall ever hearing about the nose glowing. And so their dog refused to walk, started cowering, and this thing, it is said, made this horrible, ear-piercing screeching sound and then it flew away but they say that it kind of crouched down to jump up and then wings flapped they could hear this flapping of wings this thing wasn't just taken up or it didn't just shoot up like a rocket. It actually crouched down, jumped up, wings just kind of like came out of nowhere and just flapped away. Yuck, okay? 
Just the thought of a flapping sound is very disturbing to me. Ugh. So, um, once again, we have something that happened around water. See, there is a common denominator here. And these things have happened around water. What is it about water and a lot of paranormal activity? Just like certain types of stone, what is it about this quartz, granite? I mean, different types of stone. I'm just naming names. It doesn't mean that those are, um, you know, going to cause anything to happen, but... What is it about certain stone? And especially water. So many people know about water, especially water that seems to be moving, like in a river and stuff like this. There is definitely a connection there. Now, when we're going to talk about stone, I do know someone who says that When they put marble or some kind of marble, whatever it was, in their house, in their entryway, they got, they've have marble flooring that things started happening in their house. Now, this is only one person. I've known a few people who've had marble floors, and this is the only person whoever came forward and said that they noticed that once they put that flooring in their house, some crazy stuff started happening. So maybe it's just because of where this particular marble came from. But they moved out of that house not too long afterwards because of um, things that were happening. I'm just thinking, well, why didn't you just take that marble out of there? Why move? See, but those are things that I'll never have an answer to because I don't even know what ever happened to those people. All I know is that they said this and um, I was like, well, anything's possible, okay? And then... Next thing I know, they they don't live there anymore. I don't know where they went, but I would like to have maybe asked some questions and uh, gone a little bit more in depth with this. I just, um, I, I mean, when you look at certain things that happen, I think, okay, well, was it the marble or was it what was there? Before, what about what was underneath? Whatever flooring had been there before the marble, okay, like the foundation, what was on that foundation? Maybe when they pulled up the old flooring, that's when something happened. It doesn't mean that the marble has anything attached to it. It could be the foundation. 
So it's just one of those things, guys. We just um, hear this kind of stuff. We hear these reports. We figure it out. We attempt to the best we can. We um, attempt some type of a rational explanation. We don't always, you know, we can't always even agree on what we think it may be. But that's okay. Because the whole point of this is to have a discussion and kick it around. Because it can be one of many things. All these things that happen, all these things that are reported, is not a one-way street. There are many different paths to go down when you are trying to get to the answer. So what it ends up being is that it's the answer that we are comfortable with. It's the answer that works for us. Especially after putting things together, reading about it, researching about it, we each come to our own conclusion. And that's the way actually that it it should be. It's up for our own personal interpretation. Of course, you're going to get people who come to the same conclusion as you, or maybe they have a different one, but then upon hearing yours, they're like, you know what? That sounds, that sounds better. I think that what you said is probably closer to the correct answer. See, but that's what we do. We share these, these thoughts, these ideas, and come to the best answer that we can. So that's why we continue walking through the strange parody. So that's why we continue our discussions. And when people share things and then I put them out there, hmm, you know, that's food for thought. Never, many people never thought about the water thing. And there's something else also that I'm going to get into tomorrow. That's another one that seems to create or attract activity. We'll get in that tomorrow. So, uh, God willing and the river don't rise, I'll be back tomorrow. You know, fear the rain. Oh, yes, we're going to just have mass flooding, power outages. Oh, I'm so scared. Anyways, once again, I want to thank all of you for walking with me, for joining me this gray, dreary day. But we can still make the best of it. Thanks, guys. I'm hoping to be back tomorrow and share some more stuff with you. Have a great rest of your day. Wherever you are, whatever the weather's like, we just do the best that we can. Ciao.